Kyle Brandt's Basement is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook. Hey everybody, what a day. Sunday, October 23rd, Sunday night wrap-up. I'm Kyle. I do not, do not have Kenneth Walker III on my fantasy team. Do you? Screw you. How do you have him? That's so annoying. Why did you draft him? I want him. That's the kind of player when you're watching Red Zone, you're like, I never have that player on my team. That big, strong phenom who looks like he scored 50 points this week. We'll get to him in a little bit, but we'll do our usual Sunday night routine here. Podium time. Third place, second place, first place. We'll hand out awards. We'll talk about who's losing the day. Not a great day of football, I wouldn't say. We, we weren't thinking that it was going to be a spectacular day. I talked all week about how the slate was, eh, fine. Some good games, but I find that most of the football in the early window especially was really sloppy. Let's get right to it. We do the podium. Third place. This one is a little bit frustrating. Heavy heart, and this team's been on the podium a lot, but I'm going to put third place on the podium is going to be the New York Jets. They're 5-2. and two. They're winning. They win again. They beat Denver. They go on the road, a play, tough place to play. They beat a, a, a scrappy backup quarterback. And they win, and it's all positive, and it's all happy. And J-E-T-S, bleeping Brees Hall is hurt? This sucks. This is one of the coolest players and one of the coolest stories of the whole year. As we're starting to do the show right now, we're seeing all these reports that it's ACL this and ACL that. It sounds awful. Awful. He goes out on the cart. And not like in some sort of, ah, it's going to be fine. They're just checking him out. It, it, it looked a little bit bad. He walks off under his own power, but, you know, he's kind of doing that, like a little bit of a limp, and he's got this quizzical facial expression, and it sounds like it's just awful. It sounds like he's out. That, that he has been like the heart of the Jets, because here's the, sto- the storyline it's going to be now. Okay, so there are five and two. They're cruising. They love Salah. They somehow just make plays, and they got young talents, and the D-line's really good. Well, now it's Zach Wilson time. I don't know if he's good. Jets fans, even without the Brees Hall news, is he good? Are you excited about him? It's really strange because he looks rough out there. And I said this last week. These young quarterbacks who come in right now and are great right away, take your pick. Mahomes, Herbert, great immediately. There's a lot of guys who have been like that. Not Some guys who haven't. You know, we don't know what we're getting from guys like Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence even still. But the more, just, the more Zach Wilson starts to play, if he's going to be really good, if he's going to be like one of these guys who's the Jets quarterback for a decade, we're, we got to start seeing it soon. Because if you look at him as a comp to comp versus the other guys in the AFC who are already dogs, as they say, they were getting cooking fast. And now he's playing start after start, and it just doesn't look like it's come together very quickly. If Brees Hall's done for the year, and God, I hope he's not, but it certainly looks like he might be, Zach Wilson, let's go, baby. Let's go. You're third place on the podium. I don't want to see this Jets thing just fall off a cliff because their awesome rookie running back is hurt. I like Michael Carter, the backup, if you're interested in that. But Brees Hall looked like a stallion, and he's maybe done. Sucks, but third place podium. Second place podium, Chiefs. I don't put them on the podium much because I feel like it's almost beneath them. I, I expect such greatness for the Chiefs. It doesn't matter what happens. They're now 5-2, and two, and they have two losses. So anytime the Chiefs lose in the Mahomes era, it's just the sky is falling. It's the end of times, the end of days, the end of the world. No, they won. They actually smoked San Francisco. They went to Levi Stadium, 44-23 Kansas City. Just awesome stuff, too. Kansas City will never die. <laughs> you think that they've had a little rough go of it, and they lose to the Bills, and they got a couple losses, and they're 4-2. and two. Man, if they lost, they'd be at 4-3. and three. San Francisco playing some good football. The Chiefs don't really lose that game. 
Because if the Chiefs did lose this game to the Niners, then they're in all the talk show circuits, and they're saying the wheels are coming off, and they do miss Tyreek. Oh, Miko Hardman had three touchdowns. Three. Did you see the fact about Miko Hardman? Who I've always thought was like, you know, he's a talented player and everything, but he's not like a superstar. Then I saw this fact. Miko Hardman, first wide receiver ever with two-plus rushing touchdowns and one-plus receiving touchdown in a game. Isn't that strange? So he ran for two and caught one. It's the first player in the Super Bowl era as a wide receiver to do that. It seems strange to me. Like, we, didn't, we never got some of these end-around deals for a couple times to a wide receiver and then threw him one. I don't mean Rice necessarily, but they never did some crafty stuff with Julian Edelman or Heinz Ward. I guess not. Miko Hardman. And they were doing this thing to San Francisco that was awesome, that Burkhart was great on on the, on the commentary. They were making all these third and longs. They had a couple of them where it's like, you know, it's third and 20 or something in San Francisco. It's the only time in the English language ever in any context where you hear the phrase pinned their ears back. Announcers are still saying that. Oh, there's third and 20. This is the time when Nick Bosa can really pin his ears back. What a stupid, bizarre, old-fashioned expression. Am I right on that? That the idea with that expression is that you're going to take, I would imagine, a clothespin and pin your ear up against your hair or something so that there's less wind resistance because you're just going to be flying forward? Bizarre expression. Bizarre. But I heard that expression today. The Niners can really pin their ears back. And I probably heard it in another game, too. But they were kept giving, they, they kept getting these down to distances, the, the Chiefs, where it's like, oh, well, we sacked Mahomes, or they got a penalty. Now we'll get off the field. We can really pin our ears back. And then he would convert it. He would convert it. And he was like third and 20, third and something. It was all third and 10 plus. And Mahomes was just still doing it. God, that's a backbreaker. It's such a gut punch for a defense, for a coordinator, for the guys, because you're like, oh, sweet, third and 20, just knock it down. They got 22 yards. They were 40 or whatever the hell it is. And you got to stay on the field. And you're like, oh, they're definitely going to score this drive, aren't they? Yes, they are. And especially with the subtext for the Niners who were still there for the Super Bowl. It was the ultimate third and long ever when Mahomes on the sideline decided we should run a play called Wasp and hit Tyreek and blew the whole game for the Niners. And they still haven't won a Super Bowl since. So, uh, listen, Chiefs stay afloat. It's what they do. They're never going to be... Eight and eight. They're just not. They're never going to be eight and six. It's just not what they do. They lose a game. They stay afloat. This is, I don't gamble on sports. If you do, I would have gone after the Chiefs and would no matter what. This was the kind of week that went like, this is a Chiefs week. This is a big deal right here. They're going to get this one. And they did. They're second on the podium. First on the podium, six and one, New York Giants. Six and one. I say it every Sunday night. Every Sunday night, I talk to Giants. And I keep waiting for that. Oh, Daniel Jones farted three interceptions and fumbled four times and they lost by 30 to so-and-so. They don't lose. It's incredible. 23-17, the Jags. Probably the most dramatic moment of the entire NFL day today. It really was. If if you're into Jags-Giants, just on paper, Jags-Giants, I feel like I'm probably watching like a crappy week five game in London in 2019. No, it's not. It was in Duval County. It was in Jacksonville, Florida. Daniel Jones versus Trevor Lawrence. Neither one of them has really ever accomplished squat. Don't care. Most dramatic moment of the whole day today was Trevor Lawrence throwing to the end zone or short of the end zone to try to win the game, potentially, and the Giants tackled to do it at the one-yard line, like the half-yard line. It was awesome. If you missed it, it's a really, really good visual because they, he catches it. He's in the half-yard line. It's Christian Kirk, and he was trying to score, and they pushed him back. And I mean, it was, it was, it was like maybe... Six to, six to eight inches short of the goal line. And if he gets in, the Jaguars probably win. And that's a, almost could be a season-saving win for them. They're in rough shape, the Jags. They've turned into the Jags. 
And the Giants, oh man, what a crushing loss. Now we go to five and two, six and one. And all six of their wins have been in one possession games. They've not won by nine points even. They've not won by 10, 12. They only win one possession games. And I was reading something about they've been underdogs. Maybe is it, maybe everyone in six, all six? Or maybe it was five? I'm not even sure. But it, it's almost all of them. And not only do they obviously cover, end up covering, but they win the whole thing. And they didn't have the Brees Hall injury. They don't. There's the Saquon's go, Saquon looks great. Saquon looks like 2018. He does this thing. I tried to talk about this with, um, with Jason McCourty at Good Morning Football, who loves Saquon like I do. I try to describe why I like Saquon more than I like other running backs. Like, I love them all. All the talented guys, and Derrick Henry, and McCaffrey, who was really good today. But there's something about watching Saquon run that is so beautiful. He, he has this um, majestic quality to his run, where just aesthetically his cuts are so pleasing. He doesn't have anything he does that's sloppy. Like, there's, you really get into the running style. Like, someone who's excellent, Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb is just like, he runs like Forrest Gump. Just like no frills, all business, efficient, jump cut, head down, run. Saquon is like Swan Lake or something. It's just this cool movements he does with his bodies. They look, it looks so fun and so uh, just smooth and graceful. I love watching Saquon run. The running back loving nerd in me. Every time 26 gets the ball for the Giants. And he does it a lot. All six wins in one possession games. I know you're waiting for the Daniel Jones game. Maybe you're not anymore. I still am. I still am. It's coming. But it didn't come today. He's throwing passes. He's running. I think he might have run for 100 yards today. Did I see that? I don't have the stats in front of me, but he like was running all over the place. And he, look, he's not as athletic as Josh, and he doesn't have all the explosiveness as Josh Allen. But when he runs, it's like that feeling of, oh, that's a big dude running. Like that is, he doesn't just run. He kind of barrels. And, you know, Daniel Jones has, ends up falling down half the time. He fell down again today. But you can tell it's not like, certainly not like Kyler running, who brings a diff- whole different thing. But even, not even like sort of your average type guy. Daniel Jones is a pretty big guy. He lumbers. He's a long strider. And it works for him today. I'm talking about Daniel Jones lumbering and Saquon Barkley doing ballet. And we're going to go into week eight of the NFL. So there's six and one, dudes. Six and one. New York Giants, number one on the podium. Largely on the strength of having the most electric moment of the day at the goal line. 107 rushing yards for Daniel Jones, the Duke guy in the L.L. Bean in the Jamsport backpack. 6-1. and one. I'll say it again. 6-1. and one. Who lost the day, though? Is Brady going to retire? It's the Bucks. Is Tom Brady going to retire? We did a little bit here, which I think we're going to revisit this week, two months ago when the season started, where you sent me your season-long predictions. I think this team's going to suck. I think this player's going to be great. After like a week, we got a little taste of the NFL, and then we said, two months from now, let's take a look. My prediction was that Brady was going to retire in the middle of the season. Just the middle of the season, just make this crazy press conference on a Tuesday or a Monday and just say personal reasons, and I'll address it more in the future. But as of right now, I need to step away from football. I'll stick stick to it. And I know he joked about it last week. And he didn't really joke about it. He actually was asked point blank, like, Tom, you look miserable. The team sucks. You don't look great. There's rumors swirling. No one looks happy. This couldn't possibly be what you wanted to sign up for. This couldn't possibly be what you wanted to come out of retirement for. Any chance you just walk away? And he said no in his own kind of Tom Brady way about no, there'll be no retirement. I mean, they just lost to P.J. Walker. What's going on? The Panthers are awful. They understand the team, spirit as they might be, that just lost to, that 
I'm so I'm, I'm speaking in tongues. Let's let's try this again. Understand the team as spirited as they might be that Tom Brady just lost to in a week that he really needed to win. This wasn't some six and one Bucks team who oops, we mailed it in one day and lost to the Panthers. They've five hundred. They're now three and four. That Panthers team has an interim head coach, Steve Wilkes. They got rid of their like deep threat receiver, just sent him off the field. Goodbye. They traded the face of their franchise like a couple days ago, Christian McCaffrey. They're on their third quarterback, and they just beat Brady. And not like weird zombie bucks with God went out. Godwin played, and it wasn't Mike Evans suspended. Mike Evans played, and it wasn't Leonard Fournette was banged up. Leonard Fournette played. They're all there. It's, it's, not, it's not a compromised version of the bucks. It's, it's not Fugazi Bucks. It's the real deal. It's the principles involved in winning the Super Bowl and being around Tom Brady. And they beat the crap out of him. Like, like they were the better team. The P.J. Walker, Steve Wilkes, Chuba Hubbard Panthers were better than them. Across the board, they just looked better. Did you watch the game? And so it, it's going to, listen, look at this. This is the can of worms. I don't know why it opens like a can of tennis balls, but... It opens like this is the can of worms that is now going to spill all over our laps this week about Tom Brady and what's going on. Why are you back? What are you doing here? This is going to be the worst farewell tour. If this thing keeps meandering like this, did you watch the Bucks today? They look like they're a 6-11 and 11 team. They just have no juice, no flow. And the Todd Bowles thing, I mean, he stands there in the sideline. He's got the complete different vibe of Bruce Arians, and that was supposed to be the problem, right? This is going to be more business, all that? I don't know, man. And he's, he's going on and on after the game. We didn't play well. We didn't coach well. We, oh, I'm falling asleep. It's almost like I want Uncle Brucey up there with, with his old-fashioned and just dropping some F-bombs about who's, who he's going to cut and whose ass is going to kick because Bowles, I don't know if he's firing this team up. Brady seems like a shell of himself. Did you see last week Roethlisberger was watching him? Old Ben in retirement has become like a take master. Roethlisberger's watching. This is last week. This is last week. I think he was talking about when he lost to, to Mitch Trubisky and Pickett, Brady. And Roethlisberger says, I'm watching Tom. You know, Tom's the greatest. And let me just cover my butt so I don't get in trouble. Tom's Super Bowl this and rings this. And Tom's great, great, great. But now that I've said that, it looked like Tom didn't want to be out there. Ben, it's a great take. It doesn't look like he wants to be out there at all. And this is not right. It's not supposed to go this way. I just go back again. We're going to find out someday. It's going to be in a book or there's going to be some incredible Boston journalist who finds out what really happened. Boston, yes. Not even Tampa Bay. Boston. They'll find out. And they'll find out why the hell Tom Brady unretired. Why did he do that? Was it because it leaked? And he said, screw it. I'm so mad that I wanted to announce it in my documentary. I'm going to come back. Or did he really want to play football? He should have retired. It was a great walk-off. Get out of here. And now he's probably going to be, I don't know, 7 and 10. Maybe they'll get this thing together, but they look like crap. They just look so bad. And there's no help coming. People joke, Gronk's going to come out of retirement. If you were Gronk, would you come out of retirement to play with that? Why? Gronk hangs out with Camille and does endorsements and shows up in USAA commercials and probably has 50 different companies that want to work with him, and he never takes another hit. Gronk's not coming back, guys. Gronk would come back if they were surging to the playoffs. He's like, ah, maybe I'll get another ring and a few more checks. He's not getting squat. No one's coming. No help is coming. This is it. Fix it.
It's it's an I can't believe the this the ball of garbage that they are right now. I don't like it. I like I like a lot of people at Tampa. Love Jason Light. Love their GM. Love Arians. All, all they they represent. It's hard to watch. Likeable team. Love Mike Evans. Mike Evans. He's coming up in one of the awards later. Let's get to him. Never mind. I can talk about Tampa all week, and we will. It's award season. Let's go. Do you have ambitious hiring goals for the last quarter of 2022? With a powerful hiring partner, big goals are no big deal. You need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Join over 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to sponsor your job post at Indeed.com basement. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash basement. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What a beautiful theme, and we always we go from that beautiful theme to two cokeheads screaming at each other in their bedroom because the cops are raiding the house. It's the Karen Hill, why did you do that coaching decision? Why did you do that? Why? Why did you do that, Karen? They would have found it, Henry. I mean, there's it was like in a duffel bag in a closet. I'm pretty sure they would have searched there. In fact, she probably saved you a lot of time by going with the scissors and dumping it and flushing it. Karen Hill, great woman, great woman. Todd Bowles, great coach. I, again, I, I just don't know. Like, there, there's a lot of conflicted feelings about Todd Bowles, what he accomplished at New York, what he didn't. I'll tell you what he did today. The, the Bucks decided to kick a field goal uh, down 14 at the beginning of the fourth quarter on a fourth and goal. I guess, Todd. I, I don't want to get into an analytics discussion with anybody, but I, I don't know. This team needs some lightning, and they have none. Took the field goal. Basically, never were heard from again after that. Todd Bowles, Karen Hill, coaching decision of the week. Kicking the field goal on fourth and goal right there. Come on. You know, I was randomly at the New York Jets facility in 2018. This is December 2018. I had to go there to do something for work. And it happened by pure coincidence to be the day that Todd Bowles was being fired by the New York Jets. And I remember I'm walking down the hallway, like I'm with some uh, PR rep or something, this nice guy, and we're going to go do whatever we're doing. And coming down the hallway in the other direction was Todd Bowles by himself walking towards the media room to talk about... I guess he was about to be fired or he had just been and it was like he was like a corpse I've never felt like less energy coming from someone he was a beaten man he needed to get the hell out he felt like a, a dementor around as Azkaban like I felt like he was gonna suck my soul out or maybe he had been demented totally sympathized for him because you know the Jets were running through guys back in the day before Bobby Sala showed up but I just remember like Wow, that's the head coach of the Jets, and he was just this void walking past me. Respected guy. You know, great football mind, tenured and everything, but I felt bad for him at that time. I wonder how he's walking through the hallways in Tampa Bay right now. Not that he's going to get fired, but just it's it's basically walking through a graveyard, right? It's got to be really low. And these guys who have done it, these Bradys and, and Arians and all those guys are champions. Like, are they going to have a, what do they do, players only meeting? Some crap like burying the football? I don't know. It's also going to be interesting to see over the next few weeks if Brady's still pulling all the stuff like 
you know, not showing up for this or going to weddings, all the things that he's done now that they're just awful, terrible, they're three and four. And like they, they, the Panthers could have a shot at this division. That's how strange it is. Anyway, Karen Hill, why'd you do that? Goes to Todd Bowles. Let's do the take a lap award. Play sports on any level. Sometimes you got to take a lap. Get out of here. Take a lap. That was stupid. I'll see you in 30 seconds. Guess where we're staying in Tampa? You see the beginning of that Bucks Panthers game? Mike Evans, maybe a top 10, one of my favorite players and personalities in the league. I just love Mike Evans. Awesome, fierce, badass dude on the field, but childlike, fun, generous, kind, warm off the field. I don't know what the hell he was doing to start the game. They ran this really beautiful play where Brady faked a little play action and just chucked this pass to like a super stupid open Mike Evans. I, I think the defender was 10 yards behind him, maybe 12, 15. And he just dropped it. Um, I don't know what happened. It's just, I guess every once in a while, even the great players will drop a wide open pass. I watched a YouTube reel once of Jerry Rice drops. I was just bored. I'm probably on the toilet or both. And I just, there's like a whole reel of Jerry Rice just dropping wide open passes. And sometimes he just drop them. But this is a big one. Because if he catches that, it's, it's an easy walk and touchdown. And oh my God, the Bucks are back and they're going to handle these crappy Panthers. It was like an uh, energy suck right out of it, kind of like the Dementor again. And I don't know if the Bucks ever really got over it. Evans was asked about it. Again, I love Mike Evans, but um, open opening drive, bobbles it. Would have been an easy walking touchdown, and he uh, had this to say after the game. What happened, Mike? No one player is the sole reason you lose, but that was definitely the biggest reason that you know, I've seen the life go out of us. It, it, it took me a while to get back playing, you know, we're taught to just play the next play, but it was tough, you know, wide open, you know, one of the best in the game, I got to catch it. I got to get it. That's what I wanted. Wide open look. See, I love Mike. That's a great answer. <laughs> Some guys would have been like, yeah, you know, it was a lot of plays, and I've catched that a thousand times, but oh well, you know, there's, that's not why we lost. You hear what he said? He said, yeah, I mean, it was one play, but it was really hard for us to get it back together after that. It was hard for me to play. I need to catch that. I think if I think if I'm paraphrasing there, he's saying that really did affect the game, emotionally for me for sure, and I think for the rest of the team that was rough. I don't want to tell Mike to take a lap. He's one of my favorite dudes, but like you got to catch the ball. He just said it himself. Everything. That's when you know the wheels are falling off. Mike Evans is is on a trajectory for the Hall of Fame. Like he's gonna walk in. He's dropping a pass that like most of the fans could have caught. And I don't know if that's because he's in his head or the team is confused or if they're just lazy or something or maybe it was just those one out of a thousand where he drops that and the percentage just stepped in but like there seems to be a lot of a one out of a thousand things that are happening to Tampa right now they're just completely sick and I mean in the worst sense like they're ill they gotta get right fast three and four let's move though to the Phil Luckett call today Phil Luckett uh infamous official if you followed football going back to the 90s you remember him well Browns even Brown's season is going really bad, really fast, and now it's going to get really weird and unsavory because we're getting sort of remotely close to Deshaun Watson returning. He's now back with the team and everything. But they got screwed today in a sense. Phil Luckett, they were, Browns are down three, 209 remaining, and they were called for a false start on a field goal attempt in which the Ravens were definitely offside. Have you seen the screen caps of this? Browns fans, if you're listening, I, listen, it's not been a great season, but you got screwed here. I, I, it sucks. And the Browns didn't move. They're, they're in their stances... And they're just sitting there. They're going to kick a field goal. We got it. Um, sure enough, Ravens are offsides. And they move them back. Still drive the field goal. Now it's a 61-yarder. And this is when Rashid Wallace would tell you, ball don't lie. No, the ball lied because the Browns should not have gotten a penalty. And our guy, Cade York, the week one hero. Remember that? Feels like a year ago when they beat the Panthers and Baker. Uh, the kick gets 
deflected, blocked. Ravens get a hand on it. Ravens win by three points. That's it. One little call like that. I don't know what they were thinking. I think it's weird sometimes with the offsides versus false start because you're looking at like 10, 12 guys in this little trench with their heads all against each other. But you stand there on the line, and when one moves, you call it. I don't know. For some reason, they called the Browns for it. Cost them five yards. Probably ended up getting blocked, and the Browns lose. The Browns have a really bad record right now. I'm sorry. Phil Luckett screwed the Browns today like he uh, screwed the Steelers back in uh, 1998, I think that was, with the coin toss. Next, the River Craycraft Fantasy Thief. Um, again, I told you, I, I wish I had Kenneth Walker III so badly on my fantasy team. Will someone trade him to me? None of you guys are in my league, but just I want him on my team. You know who I also did not have on my team? Peyton Hendershot. Did you, would, if I had just said that name, do you know who that is? Is that a real person? There's no way. That's like when you play season mode in Madden and you get like your new draft class and your, your team drafts a guy named Peyton Hendershot. And you're like, oh, EA Sports. You comedians, there's no one named Peyton Hendershot. That's a stupid little name that you mixed up Peyton and Henderson and something shot. No, there's a real player named Peyton Hendershot. He's undrafted from Indiana, tight end. He scored the touchdown. Couldn't have gone to CD in that touchdown. Couldn't have gone to another one to Zeke. Couldn't have gone to my man Tony Pollard, my favorite player on the Cowboys. Peyton Hendershot is the River Craycraft Fantasy Thief of the Week. Next, the RIP My Dog Tony Stark player tweet of the day this goes to rg3 <laughs> robert griffin the third from baylor oh yeah rg3 he says the packers got heineke'd he used taylor heineke as a verb that is the washington commander's qb1 at present i love taylor heineke and um he is the essence of the contagious scrappiness and I hate to say that because scrappy is always just this word that we just put on white guys. That's not what I'm talking about. It goes back to that playoff game in which he almost beat the Bucks and was completely unfazed. Hey, Taylor Heineke, you're going to be playing against Tom Brady in a playoff game at home. That game was in Washington. And he's like, I don't care. Fine, I'll play. Hey, Taylor Heineke, you're going to be playing against Aaron Rodgers. You have to come off the bench for Carson Wentz. Doesn't care. He just balls. He made a lot of good throws in this. And McLaurin was great, and it was him versus Jair Alexander the whole week, and Alexander was following him, and they'd been talking about this matchup. And Heineke just kept going to him and going to him, and he played great. He played really, really, really well. So if his name is being used as a verb by a former Heisman winner and a was it, top five overall pick, I think RG3 went too, uh, I'll take it. Uh, that was awesome. RG3 knows what it's like to play for that organization, knows what it's like to fail, knows what it's like to have to go through a lot of crap. The, the Packers did get Heineke. Uh, we got to talk about the Packers, too. We keep, I'll get to it in a second. Uh, Heineke played 60% of snaps and won. So why am I saying 60%? He earned himself $125,000. Yeah! Heineken's on Heineke at the bar. That's pretty cool. Taylor Heineke wins 125000 Are we already to the point where we want him over Carson Wentz? We have to be, right? That's, are we even going to debate that? Carson Wentz is going to be out for weeks, injured his finger. The Heineke thing, Heineke is like, um, I don't know, he's kind of like Kirkland brand Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> you know, it's it's going to be a roller coaster, and we're going to get all excited about Heineke, and then it's probably going to go down in flames. But then he'll be back. It, it's It's kind of that kind of deal. I like him. Obviously, the players like playing with him. I, I think that the most emotional, most excited, animated player in the entire NFL today was Terry McLaurin. Every catch, it was this like muscle flex and this scream, and it was totally deserved because he was playing so hard, and he was just working Jair Alexander. He's working the Packers. And then he made this amazing catch on the far sideline 
towards the end of the game to get the first down, and he was just exploding. Terry McLaurin, awesome, awesome experience watching you play football today. In an otherwise pretty boring NFL Sunday, McLaurin, number 17 for the Commanders, was the most exciting player. I could not be happier for him, especially catching passes from Heineke. It was a great connection. Heineke to McLaurin, who knew? Mahomes to Kelsey? No, no, no. That was fine. Heineke to McLaurin, those are my guys. Uh, let's go to the line of the week. This time it's coming courtesy of one of our favorites here, the police officer known as uh, Marion Cobretti, who uh, once talked to the Night Stalker and put him in his place by telling him this. You're a disease, and I'm the cure. It's that simple. That's how you do it. Print, move on. Great take, Sly. We'll see you in your trailer. And then he lights a match. And he drops on a gentleman who's covered in gasoline and lights him on fire. That's how you do it back in the 80s. You guys ever seen Cobra? It's a really a piece of work. It's, it is one of the most hilarious non-comedies ever made. It's very funny and it has nothing to do with trying to be funny. But your disease, I'm the cure line of the week. Yesterday, our guy Shefty, Adam Schefter, reported that the Panthers... Is this right? The Panthers had turned down two first-round picks for Brian Burns. How could that possibly even be a report? Would someone offer two first-round picks for Brian Burns? Apparently, that's what he reported. And here's what Brian Burns, who just beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, here's what he had to say after beating Brady in regards to all the talk about him and getting traded. Go ahead. I don't know. I don't even know what you asked. But now that I got a sack with Tom and we got the dub, I think I'm gonna have three glasses of Hennessy tonight and watch two movies. Friday Woo! and what else? Okay. Huh? Friday and what else? Rush Hour 2. I just, I, well, I ain't watch Friday tonight. I'm gonna watch Rush Hour 2. I'm watch Bad Boys 2. And New Jack City. Oh, oh, you're throwing it back. Yeah, I'm gonna do three. So, so three guys. With, with the Hennessy? Yeah, I ain't got nothing three, three glasses tonight. Three glasses of Hennessy. Yeah, nothing to lose straight. Mm-hmm. You tipsy. This is the greatest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I had not heard that before. My, my, my production team had put that in for the line of the week, your disease, I'm the cure. Let's just, let's, we, there should be a box score for that. So Brian Burns is supposed to be traded. The Panthers don't want you. They keep him. Sacks Brady, gets, gets a dub. Three glasses of Hennessy. And I bet that third glass is just gonna take you all kinds of places. It's so fun. I'm gonna come back to that. Three glasses of Hennessy for Brian Burns. And then he's going to do a whole row of movies. If I have this right, he's going to watch Rush Hour 2. Not the original, Rush Hour 2. Then, this is so unconventional. Then he's going to watch Bad Boys 2. Not the original. And then they thought, okay, great. Three glasses of Hennessy, two movies. And then he said, I'm going to watch New Jack City 2. <laughs> not New Jack City 2. There isn't one. He's going to watch New Jack City as well. Um... Wow. All right, so he's going to watch Wesley Snipes. He's going to watch Judd Nelson in that movie, just on another planet. Wow. Uh, the only thing I'm going to call BS on is that, if, dude, if you're watching three movies, you are not having three Hennessy's. You're having like five or six. You can't have those three Hennessy's. That's not enough ammunition. That's not enough fuel to get you where you need to be for three movies. Three, three Hennessy's is one movie. That's two hours, man. That's a lie. God, I love that quote. I love it. He is... Because you know what? I'm a person of ritual. You are probably too. And when I have to do some sort of work, if it's going to be a long work week or you got to go on a business trip or anything, 
I love setting up that carrot that I'm gonna chase, that's gonna be there for me, like chase it like a rabbit at the end of it. And I'm the same thing, like at the end of the work week, I'm gonna sit down, I'm gonna have two huge Bombay Sapphire martinis, I'm gonna watch three episodes of Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, it's just what I do. And I just, I, I, look, I look forward to it like on Tuesday morning. Man, three, four more days and I'll be there with my gin and my Bombay Sapphire. And when you get there, it's just heaven. You're like, I made it, I'm in the end zone. This is me, I made it through the week. So I really, really relate to Brian Burns there. Could, have you ever seen someone happier after a game? I've seen players sobbing tears of joy as they lift the Lombardi. I think Brian Burns was happier talking about his Hennessy, his Rush Hour 2, and his New Jack City and his Bad Boys 2 than Michael Jordan when he first won the NBA championship as he's sitting next to his father, sobbing all over the trophy. He has, it was a great moment for MJ. Brian Burns was happier and more excited to get to that Hennessy in those movies than any champion of anything I've ever seen. And Brian Burns just won a week seven game on like a wobbling, rebuilding Panthers team. Don't care. Brian Burns, you're a legend for that. I wish I could be there, but I want to interrupt your flow. That's going to be you, the Hennessy. It's going to be Martin. It's going to be Will. It's going to be Sydney. All those people. It's going to be, it's, I'm so happy for you. Just enjoy that, Brian Burns. You've earned it. That's one of my favorite quotes of the year. Moving on. Uh, we got to get to, hold on, let me get my, you go to my sound bike here. This is very important. The Steve Latimer place at the table team. Starting defense, place at the table. Seahawks. Yep, Seahawks. They got a little bit of that, I talked that Titans, Falcons, no one wants to hear about them. They're way up there in the Pacific Northwest. You're probably not. I'm not. But they have the Kenneth Walker, the third, the second round pick, which I've talked about all show. He's awesome. His biceps are huge. He runs really physically. He's got this stoutly built lower body. He busted a long one down the sideline. He does angry runs. He does beautiful runs. I really, really like him. Do you know the Seahawks are in sole possession of first place in the NFC West? An NFC West that is filled with the reigning Super Bowl champs, the Niners, who everybody always bows down to, who just got Christian McCaffrey, and then the Kylers and the Cliffs, who are supposed to be the next best thing and never are. They are in sole possession. That team, the Seahawks, remember that we spent the whole offseason and the whole training camp being like, Hey, Pete, anytime you want to make a move for a quarterback, that'd be great. Stop telling us you're going to go into the season with Drew Locke. Stop telling us it's going to be Drew and Geno. That's not tenable. That is not a plan in 2022. It's like, I'm telling you, these are my guys. No, you're not. That's, that's stupid. You're not going to win anything. Four and three. They just smashed the Chargers. Next week, they're home. Oh, they're home against the six and one Giants. Seahawks, Giants, bum, 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 bum. I don't think it's Monday Night Football, but I just did it anyway. Uh, there is a record scratch. I think DK might be in trouble. He left on a cart. Everyone made the joke that he was going to the bathroom again, but this was for real. Initial x-rays on DK Metcalf's knee were negative. Uh-huh, but that's the x-ray. We're worried about the MRI. We'll undergo MRI and further testing. It was weird. He made this sweet catch, like kind of right in front of the pylon, and next thing you know, he was on the cart. They need him. I like DK, I like, I like talking about him, I like looking at him, I like watching him play, like I've met him, he was very tall, like you can see his abs through his t-shirt, all that stuff is great, rooting for DK. Move on though to the Catherine Martin lotion on its, hold on, you don't want to deprive, here we go, you don't want to deprive um, James Gum of his soundbite, 
The Catherine Martin locked in a serial killer's basement putting lotion on its skin team is... Hold on. It rubs the lotion on its skin. It does this whenever it's told. The three and four Packers. Man, do you watch the Packers games? Uh, and I don't mean that in the red zone sense. I did a thing today where I usually watch them in red zone. But when they were just spinning their tires through the whole first half on red zone and on and your phone and all your fantasy scores, I'm like, hold on a second. What is going on? I'm gonna turn on. I'm gonna. I, I turned on the game properly on Sunday Ticket, and I just sat there and I watched. No Scott Hansen, no jumping around. I watched Packers Commanders, which is why I had so much to say about Terry McLaurin. And I'm like, what the, what the hell is wrong with the Packers? If they just, Aaron Jones is awesome, and it's like everybody else has nothing. It's so weird. And Rodgers is is trying, but. It's just, it feels like everywhere he, remember how Rodgers used to drop back and every time he'd pass, you like, you have so much confidence that every throw was going to be this first down or this touchdown. Every time Rodgers passes, you're like, oh, please, is this going to go anywhere? And it often doesn't, usually doesn't. You watch the game and the only the only Packer, take Rodgers out of it, the only Packer that, that pops, that is like, oh, he's good, is Jones. That's it. And sure enough, he scored their two touchdowns today and made this crazy Superman catch. But when it's not going to Aaron Jones, it's not going anywhere. And Rodgers had this quote afterwards where he was like, all right, yeah, I feel, he said, I'm, you're GD right. Like he bleeped, you know, we, we can still turn this team around. And then he's already talking about it because, you know, they got Buffalo next week. The Packers are three and four and they're about to play the Bills coming off a of bye. We'll talk to Josh about it on Tuesday. But Rodgers is like, look, no one's going to give us a chance against Buffalo. Uh, it's a national game, and, you know, maybe that's the best thing we need right now. I guess. Put it this way, like, I, I don't, I watch the Packers, and I have on and off all season, but I really watched them for a long time today. And I don't see anything on the field, on defense too, by the way, that can keep up with anything the Bills are doing. Because they couldn't keep up with what the Commanders were doing! It's so weird. It's, we had that, it was the topic of the offseason. Will the Chiefs survive without Tyreek? Sure can. Look fine. Will the Packers be fine without Devontae? Nope. And I think we all had thought very highly of Alan Lazard, who got hurt today. And we decided that Robert Tanyan was Mark Bavaro or something. Like, we all just propped these guys up. For me, I was just like, I don't care. I give Rodgers three high school kids. I don't care. He's so good. He's a master of the game. He actually has mastered. He should go on to something else. He'll make it do. And he just doesn't. He can't. Like, he tries really hard, and he pulls TDs out of his backside sometimes, but they're just bad. And I think that they thought their defense was going to be lights out, and it's not. It just isn't. And their running game isn't. And we don't see A.J. Dillon, the, the thigh master guy, really ever. And if Aaron Jones isn't getting the ball, they're not doing anything. They're bad. They're really bad. And, um, I mean, they, they, they just keep losing every single week. And you keep waiting for the Rodgers burn the world down game where he just says screw it I'll do it myself he can't that would that would have been this week that probably would have been last week they lost to the Jets they lost to the Giants they've lost to the commanders and if that week was coming you don't wait till you're three and four to burn the world down you did it two weeks I don't think that help is coming there the Catherine Martin do give me again James go ahead it rubs the lotion on its skin it does this whenever it's told it throws the ball to uh, Amari Rogers no it doesn't why would they it just there's no one to throw to uh, it's time to predict the future, though. We throw to that. Let's hit. Here we go. Check this out. Very talented people work down this. You're going to see a high school-style cafeteria assembly line, and it's manufacturing Monday morning's takes tonight. Go ahead.
Look at that. Did you have to throw in a salt and pepper shaker over there? No, but you do because you're an artist. That's it. Look at that. Don't need that. Could have left this here. Hot takes all day long. Special. Beautiful. Beautifully done. Uh, here's the takes tomorrow morning. Uh, Tom Brady is embarrassing himself and he's washed up and he's he should retire. That's going to be... Listen, Brady and Rodgers better just get ready. Because I... The two of them have had a lot of positivity and a lot of love in different stages of their career, of course. But in many stages, constantly. Even though Rodgers has done his own thing off the field recently, it's a lot of, oh my God, these guys are so good. And nobody likes that. So get ready. Get ready to just take fire tomorrow, guys, because you're both playing on crappy teams and you're the star quarterback making all the money. Those guys are going to take some this week. Uh, the other takes, the winner of the NFC South will have a losing record. People love that. It does look that way because the Bucks do. The Falcons can't really seem to get it together. They, they, got, they got away from them against the Bengals today. Their defense was terrible. The Panthers, yeah, they won today. I don't know. The Panthers really didn't do anything. The Brian Burns, uh, Hennessy aside, Brian Burns, I think, my favorite player in the NFL right now. Um, Aaron Rodgers, like I mentioned, is not elite anymore. He's falling apart. All sorts of crazy stuff about his offseason. There'll be more ayahuasca jokes. There'll be jokes about his dating life. There'll be all that, that stuff's coming. Giants, second best team in the NFC. Giants, I don't know, third best team in the league. Top three team, top five team. Power ranking's going to be fun this week. Power ranking's going to be very fun because Philadelphia didn't play today. Buffalo didn't play today. They just kind of sit there. So the rest of these people are just going to scrap for third, fourth, and fifth place. The Chiefs have got to say, even though they have two losses. The Giants definitely have a say. Who else is great? Kind of like Seattle, but like, are they that good? Minnesota didn't play today. These are some of the teams that are up there. So power ranks will be fun. Lamar Jackson. Why, man. Uh, Lamar Jackson's overrated. I don't know. The, the Lamar takes are always strange because people get very emotional about them. I've dabbled in this a little bit. And it's also this strange overhanging thing with Lamar's contract that's still not out there. He's just playing. If he had done today and had a cataclysmic injury, it would have really affected everything. Thank God he didn't. Hopefully he doesn't next week. Lamar takes are coming. Uh, P.J. Walker should be the Panthers starter. Screw it. Why not? All P.J. Walker does with the Panthers is win. Um, we didn't talk Dak today. I just, couldn't, I just couldn't do it. And they won. And good for them. And it's fine. There'll be interesting Dak takes. That are they back? How'd they look without Cooper Rush? The Dak thing, was it worth it? I can't figure out, put my finger on what the take is going to be yet because I think the win was good, but it was just, I don't know, it was a little bit vanilla. It wasn't, it didn't really dazzle us. And then the Panthers, um, oh, look at this. Bill Simmons already tweeted about his Ewing theory that some teams are better when they play without certain superstars. So I think he's applying that to the Panthers without Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey gets traded, they beat the Bucks, the Niners lose pretty deep pretty easily McCaffrey looks good we'll see I think the Niners I think the Niners are going to get it together Patrick Mahomes is the MVP is that coming out tomorrow now that would be perfect because just as Allen is in Southern California relaxing jumping in the pool with Sky his dog Mahomes has this big day throws a bunch of touchdowns now it's Mahomes no it'll be out there it'll be out there just watch I was I'm sure I'm trying to get the Saquon as MVP thing going I'm trying but if 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 this guy would stop playing so well and beating everybody it would help the Saquon as MVP thing Andy, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at some of the offered suggestions from the staff about takes tomorrow. The Chiefs are the best team in the NFL. Can someone get there? And I don't mean some provocateur who does Chiefs takes for shtick. I mean like a columnist or someone who writes for a, 
uh, MMQB or so, somebody like that. Be like, I really believe when all said and done, the Chiefs will be winning the Super Bowl. And that, that's not a terrible take. I don't hate it at all. The timing of it is a little weird. You can't come out and say that when <laughs> when the Bills are on a bye and they just beat them. But I laugh because someone will say it. And that's why we live in this great take time called 2022. Guys, that's the Sunday Night Show for my co-host, the Ultimate Warrior and friends. Uh, I'm Kyle Brantz. Back tomorrow. Remember, we'll have Josh Allen on Tuesday, mid-bye week, with his review of Point Break. And look forward to the game Sunday night. He'll watch the game Monday night. He'll have all kinds of takes. That's Tuesday. The rest of the week, we just have fun here in the basement. That's it. Sunday night. See you. Love you. Check us out tomorrow.